It's time for Inside LCC, an inside look at Lansing Community College's academic programs. I'm Cassie Little, and we've got you covered with programs that nourish creativity and exploration, cultivate your purpose, and guide you to your career. Listen as we explore some of the opportunities at LCC and learn from conversations with faculty members, staff, and students. Hello, in the studio with me today is Isaac Reimer, faculty member in the communication program. Welcome, Isaac. Thank you so much. Thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. Um, so we're going to kick it off right away. If you can tell us a little bit about what you do as a faculty member in the program and then about the communication program that you work in. Absolutely. So as you said, I am a full-time faculty member here in the communication program. I've had the privilege of getting to teach several different classes here at LCC, communication in the workplace, uh, small group communication, inter personal being a couple of those. So what our program is within the the communicate or what the communication program is, is we we tackle so much. There's so <laughs> much to communication. I think often when we think, ooh, communication, it's probably just a public speaking class, learning how to speak in front of an audience. And at the end of the day, it, it's so much more than that. There's so much that goes into to communication. The conversations that you're having with yourself when you first wake up in the morning, those conversations that you're having with your significant other or the, the painful family reunions where you're arguing with your uncle over some topic, all of that kind of gets wrapped up into communication. The very dreams that we have is a form of interpersonal communication, the communication with the self. So there's so many different layers that we're digging into when we're talking about these ideas of communication. So our program has to reflect some elements of that and really try to tackle it from a host of different angles. So we have a wide array of classes, whether it be communication in the workplace, where you're learning how to effectively communicate with your coworkers in the workplace, or we have interpersonal communication where you're learning to communicate with your family members, your significant others, small groups where you're not having to get conflict when you have a whole bunch of different people talking amongst each other. So that's kind of the different elements of what we're really trying to dig into as a program. I love that. And so a little background. I actually have a background in communication. That's what my degree is in. Yeah, so it's always um, good to meet someone yeah, else. In the I love it. Um, and part of what drew me to that is the broadness of it. Like you said, there's so many facets that you can look into things that you might not have even thought about as communication. And then the ways that it applies to your life. Like you said, I mean, self-communication with dreams, communication in the workplace, interpersonal, public speaking. There's so many ways that that can be useful in your everyday life. So I love that. You mentioned the interpersonal communication class. I took that class once upon a time at LCC. I loved it. It was one of my favorites. So I'm excited to have you here to talk about that. So what are some of the degrees and or certificates that are offered in your area? Absolutely. So we do have an associates in communication, and that is for students that are associates of the arts for the communication degree. And that's for students that are specifically looking to be transferring to a four-year institution and be transferring directly into a communication program. We also have general associates for students that are more interested in having a, a general credit to something that's still in the arts, but not necessarily communication. So our program, largely the students that are coming in and taking our classes are interested in transferring to other institutions to four-year degrees. We really want to make sure that we are giving students the ability to have those classes transfer. We have uh, several classes that are a part of the Michigan Transfer Network, and that gives uh, students the ability to have their classes directly transferred to a whole host of different schools here in Michigan. The classes specifically, we have uh, COM 240, which is interpersonal communication. We have COM 200, small group communication, and COM 130, which is fundamentals of public speaking. Those classes will directly transfer over, but something else that we really focus on is 
a lot of our classes are 200 level classes. They transfer to these four-year institutions as 300 level, 400 level courses. So already our classes are oftentimes more affordable than a lot of these classes they'll be taking elsewhere. But on top of that, they can be applied to a 300, 400 level class. They'll be saving a lot of money and getting some really great experiences. Plus, oftentimes a much smaller classroom size and they yeah. get to have that really cool dynamic with the, the professor and their fellow classmates. That's awesome. So people can specialize and really get into those classes, but most students that start at LCC are going to take some form of a communication class, right? Because it is going to apply to pretty much every degree, every job, communication is a part of that. Exactly, exactly. And that's one of the reasons why we have such uh, sustainable enrollment in our classes is because pretty much every institution requires communication. And it's like you said, because Everywhere in our life, no matter what job you choose to go with, you are going to need to be able to communicate effectively in some way, shape, or form. Even in those jobs where you're by yourself, right? Being able to have that effective self-talk, that communication with yourself is going to be instrumental to your own success. Definitely. All right. So if someone decided to get a degree in that area, what are some of the jobs that someone could get? Could they start working after graduation at LCC? Would they mostly want to transfer and continue their education first? Great question. Uh, so as we said, a lot of these students are going to be looking to go get a four-year degree. A lot of these jobs would be probably catering more towards a four-year degree, but there are quite a few jobs that you can still utilize a, a two-year degree for. There's a lot of individuals that come through my classes that are interested in starting their own businesses mm. and being able to be effective communicators is really effective in that they, they come out of it saying, oh my gosh, I now know how I can communicate with my clients, with different individuals I have to work with, my staff. These are going to be really helpful skills. I have someone who is running their own catering company and there was a communication major that they were really using those skills effectively. Anything that you're doing with customers, anything you're doing in front of house in terms of really working with people is going to be really helpful to have a communication degree for. Definitely. And then, like you said, a lot of students, even if they're not getting that specific degree, will be taking some of those classes before they transfer. Exactly. So speaking of classes, you mentioned a few already. Can you talk about an example of one of the classes a student in the program might take? Maybe tell us a little bit about that class. Absolutely. So one of the classes that I'm teaching right now is communication in the workplace. And it's a class that we have a lot of sections for. And I think it's because it is just so valuable for so many different students. A lot of people are coming into school because they, they want to eventually be entering the workforce, but they haven't really had a lot of experience yet. A lot of us have had maybe some high school jobs where we're serving or doing that type of thing, but we haven't had a lot of experience going out and doing anything where we have to submit a formal resume or a cover letter. And so communication in the workplace really digs into that. How do you present yourself in a interview? How do you craft a cover letter that really sells yourself in the best way? How do you put together a LinkedIn profile that gives you a good headshot and gives you the proper selling techniques to really make people that are recruiting you want to recruit you in the first place. So there's so many different things that we're trying to really develop the skills of in that class. And I always want to remind students, we fall into this trap of thinking, oh, communication, I'm thinking public speaking. I don't want to learn about persuasion. Why should I learn about this, this skill? And it's like, if you can learn the fundamentals of persuasion, you can pick up those skills. It's not just limited to you standing in the front of the room and giving this formal address. When you're talking to an interviewer and you're saying, this is why you should be hiring me, that is persuasion. When you are advocating for a pay raise, you are utilizing persuasion. There's these skills that transfer so wonderfully in so many different directions that it is really useful to, to utilize. Right. That is a valuable class. It is. It <laughs> I is. know we talk, or some students think about classes and like, am I really going to use this, you know, after I pass this class, which I think there's always ways that they're applied. But sure. I think 
that is a tangible way that, you know, a student can think about writing a resume, a cover letter, that kind of thing is something that they're going to use maybe immediately and definitely throughout their entire life. Definitely helpful and useful. I know you mentioned a little bit about the fundamentals of public speaking class, Mm -hmm. too. And I think that, again, is another class that a lot of students are probably a little (laughs) nervous about taking or maybe shy away from it. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. such a valuable skill. And I think even if you do not plan to go into public speaking, just having that practice in a class to be able to do that is going to come in handy down the road if you have to give a presentation, even if you have to do that in another class. You know, a lot of other classes include giving a presentation. And so taking that fundamentals of public speaking class can help with those skills and for something that is a big fear for a lot of people it can be good to practice that in a kind of nurturing setting I guess exactly no 100% it's such a marketable skill to be able to speak publicly and it's it's really valuable and like you said it's nice to create a safe space and that's something I really focus on in the classroom is creating that environment where they do feel safe one of the first things I do in my classrooms when they come in is I say okay uh, let's have a silly exercise raise your hand if you've ever broken a bone raise your hand if you've ever done karaoke and I go through this long list who here has had junk food for for breakfast. I raised my hand. Um, It got me through the morning, so I'm not ashamed. (laughs) But uh, I ended by saying, uh, raise your hand if you have a fear of public speaking. And everyone in the classroom raises their hand. And I say, okay, I just want you to take a a moment, look around and see that everyone is in the same boat as you. Everyone is feeling that same level of anxiety. Everyone wants each other to succeed here. So just know that going forward. And I then pair that initial exercise of safety with just having fun. I have them do some whose lines anyways, kind of throw back to how old I am. Exercises hey, right where <laughs> they have to pitch different products to each other, and it just ties this idea of public speaking to the goofiness and fun. So when they actually have to do something more rigid and structured, it comes off as more playful and fun rather than this really scary taboo topic that they have to dig into. Yeah, it seems like that could get everyone more comfortable with each other too, right? Used to interacting like that and yeah. talking in front of each other, so that everyone's probably there cheering you on once exactly. you're up there. We become right? family. <laughs> yes, That's nice. Yeah, I like that. So anything else that you want to talk about with stories about students or classroom experience, experience you have working in your field? Yeah, um, I have been a speech geek for a very long time now. (laughs) I did competitive speech in high school and when I was in high school, I was recruited to go and do it off at a, at a university. So I did it at Eastern Michigan University. And from there, I was then given funding to do that as a graduate student. And I was given funding to be a, stu- a coach for, for competitive speech. So I've been doing competitive speech for a long time. And that's really rooted. Forensics or competitive speech is rooted in advocacy. And it's rooted in this idea of I have this voice and I have a responsibility with this voice to use it to hopefully shape the world and change the world and speak out at problems that I see around it. And it's not limited to just things that I care about. Part of advocacy is looking around and saying, who should I be giving my voice to? Mm. Who should I be using this voice to spotlight to kind of make sure that other people's voices are important as well? So that really reflects into my practices outside of the classroom. So when I was traveling the country for my thesis, I was volunteering at a marine sanctuary and using my voice to advocate for seals and sea lions in Laguna Beach. And then in the classroom, I really want to focus on how do I get my students to recognize their own voices? Because I've used my voice plenty. They hear my (laughs) voice all day, every single day. I want to hear what your voices are. What do you care about? What What is really important to you? And what that 
ends up looking like is I have students that come forward and say, you know, there's this thing that I really cared about, but I didn't feel like I had the skills. I didn't feel like I had someone there telling me that I should be speaking up. And so I had one student who was transitioning and they came forward and they said, hey, I really feel like I'm in a place where I want to talk about this. I really feel like I'm in a place where I want to bring awareness to this issue. And they used the classroom to learn the skills to talk about it. And they said, you know, I'm actually going to start speaking up at my local groups and I'm going to start becoming a champion and start encouraging other individuals. And it's this moment of just saying, yes, your voice is the one. You can do this. That's amazing. That is amazing. Finding your voice and practicing for those opportunities to be able to speak up for yourself or for others. I mean, that's all you can ask for, right? It really is. <laughs> that's great. Really is. All right. Well, thank you for all of that background. That's so interesting. Um, your competitive speech background. I mean, I'll have to hear more about that sometime. <laughs> Absolutely. But is there anything else you want to share about the program or anything like that? I just want to take a moment and just really encourage if you haven't already taken a communication class, you should just take one. It, it is so valuable. You'll never regret learning how to communicate with yourself or others. You, your voices are powerful. You can change the world. Uh, and I'm not just saying the world of 8 billion plus people. I'm talking about the world can just be you, your own world, the way in which you handle yourself, the way in which you communicate, the people around you. You have the power over those things. You can shape all of it. Just learning how to communicate can solve so many of those different issues. If you look around today, all of the different problems mm -hmm. we look at all over the place, they stem from a lack or an inability to communicate effectively. That's so true. <laughs> so if we can find a way to just learn to communicate more effectively, take a comm class, come see me. I promise it's a lot of fun. I highly encourage it. Yes, I like it. Okay, so last, my question for Inside LCC is what excites you most about your field in communication or teaching college students? So the thing that has been keeping me up at night with excitement uh, <laughs> of late is very much this evolution of AI and the emergence mm. of it and how it's kind of tapping into the way in which we are communicating with each other. Throughout history, the tools that we create has fundamentally changed the way in which we communicate. It's changed the way that we are able to talk about the world, the way in which we look at the world is fundamentally shifted. I can now talk to my family member that is thousands of miles away because of the invention of the telephone. I can now imagine Imagine coming from Ann Arbor, where I live, to Lansing because of the automobile. I can now communicate about space and time differently just because of the tools that we invent. And so this new emergent AI will fundamentally shape the way in which we communicate with each other, the way in which we utilize creative thinking. There are so many different levels of the onion peel that we need to be kind of peeling across and say, okay, what does this mean for us? Because with the invention of the calculator, we didn't say, okay, we can't use that calculator because that's a new way of knowing. No, we said, okay, let's use this to learn new things and become more effective and efficient. So what does that look like? Right. I don't think any of us have a rule book or a, a procedural book of how to, how to go from here. So it's just going to be really, really fun to see what that becomes and where we go with it. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing, Isaac Reimer, faculty member in the communication program. Thank you so much for being with us and sharing with us today. Thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure. This has been Inside LCC. I'm Cassie Little, and if there's a specific degree and program you want to hear more about, let us know by contacting us at lccconnect.org. Thanks for taking a listen Inside LCC. Keep connected with LCC Connect at lccconnect.org.
LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. May 5th and 6th at the Black Box Theater, Lansing Community College Performing Arts presents Sketchbook, a play written by Mark Harvey Levine. This play features short scenes about love, family, and relationships as performed by students completing Beginning Studio Theater. For more information, visit lcc.edu slash showinfo. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. On the success scenario, we meet and hear from current LCC students who face adversity, why they chose LCC, and how they turned their situation into a successful one. Definitely now after second semester, my self-confidence is up there. I can do this and I can do this well. Age has nothing to do with it. Like I told you before, I have, the, I have notes from that first meeting and it was, take your age out of it. You deserve to be here. You belong here. I'm Dustin Abrego. The Success Scenario is a program dedicated to inspiring students towards a path of success. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime online at lccconnect.org. If you love them enough to listen to them practice the same song on tuba, please be done. Over and over and over and over and over. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Sounds good, honey. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. By utilizing interactive activities, the Youth Summer Camp at LCC gives kids in grades 2 through 12 the chance to explore science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. Scholarship opportunities are available. Details can be found at lcc.edu slash serious fun. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Hey, hey, hey. This is Lisa A., and you're listening to Who's That Star on LCC Connect at Lansing Community College. Who's That Star is a behind-the-scenes show where I sit down and talk with the employees at the college. This is an inside look at LCC where you will have a chance to learn about their passions, projects, what inspires them both at work and in their personal lives. I'm your host, Lisa Alexander. I'm so excited to get a chance to talk to all the people who make LCC great. This show is for you to get to know the people that work at Lansing Community College a little bit more and see what makes them tick. Are you ready? Okay, let's go see who's today's star. Today on Who's That Star, we have someone who is a native of South Side of Lansing, and he's a proud product of the Lansing School District. He took part in extracurricular activities such as varsity basketball, track, and the Young Men of Excellence program. After graduating from Eastern High School, he attended Alabama State University. He didn't feel like it was a good fit. He chose to return home and attend Lansing Community College to figure out his calling academically. He completed his associate's degree in marketing 
while also joining a student organization and became chapter president of the Lansing Community College American Marketing Association. After graduating from LCC, he transferred to Siena Heights University to complete a three plus one program where he obtained his bachelor's degree in professional communications. Prior to returning to LCC for employment, this star was a career service coordinator with CareerQuest Learning Centers. In this role, he helped students develop soft skills with an emphasis on preparing them for career opportunities. He built relationships with organizations within the community for employment opportunities also for these students. In 2018, he returned to LCC as a support staff in the role of enrollment support specialist, where he assisted students with a variety of student account-related inquiries. This star stated that working in higher education has provided him with a rewarding career by assisting students from all walks of life find pathways to pursue their educational and professional goals. During his personal time, this star enjoys gaining new experiences through travel and dining. He also enjoys grilling, sporting events, and music. Last but not least, he likes hanging out with family and friends who consistently keep him grounded, and it's something that he cherishes the most. All right, everyone, are you ready to learn who's today's star? Drum roll, please. Today's star is Dominique Vaughn, success coach. Welcome, Dominique. It's so good to have you here. I appreciate the invite, Lisa. I'm glad to be here. So I'm ready to get started to ask you questions. You ready to go? Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. So first, I didn't know you graduated from Eastern. I thought you went to Sexton. So you graduated from Eastern High School. I did. So I was at Sexton my freshman and sophomore year, and I transferred my junior and senior year. Okay. Fun fact, my plan was to always go back to actually graduate from Sexton, but uh, I enjoyed it too much. So At Eastern? Happen. Yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah, no, but that's cool. I, I knew I got that from somewhere, so okay, yeah, that you did go to Sexton for a minute and then went to Eastern at the best school, which was Everett Vikings. But that's neither here nor there. I just wanted to put that out there. Okay, so let's talk about, Dominique, how did you get started here at LCC? We kind of know you came here and got a degree from us. It goes back a little bit further than that. I would say it all started, I became a student employee at the Hole in the Hall bookstore, the legendary Hole in the yes, Hall that bookstore. So I worked as a student employee there for about... A year, year and a half, and then Fields came along. So Fields Spirit Shop, which is now Career Services. Mm -hmm. I worked as a student employee there for mm, three months or so before I was done with my associate's degree and then kind of went out into the world. Well, it's something that people need to know because if you were at LCC in the store downstairs, in Gannon, yep. it was a hole in the heart. Well, they had the best popcorn in the world. And I don't know where that popcorn machine went. I don't know. But that was the best making popcorn we had. And that's where I first met you because 
that place where you could see your personality. You were uh, very nice. You knew how to interact with people. And as a student, I was always impressed with you with that because I was like, oh, he's so engaging. And he's popping the best popcorn going around. So Best of both worlds. Exactly. How did you get started in this career? So I am a part of the academic success coaching team here at LCC. So essentially, we work with students to help them navigate their experience from start to finish or start to transfer, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of understanding and helping them figure out what it is they want to do, get them connected to the plethora of resources LCC offers, and kind of just working with them on skills such as time management, organization, study habits, just to kind of grow and venture out into what it is they want to do. How did I get started in higher education? That's a good question. Of course, I started as a student employee, but at that point in time, I had no idea what it took to work in higher education, right? So I tell people I had seven careers before <laughs> I got to LCC. I worked as a student employee for Michigan Department of Transportation, with their youth development program. Mm -hmm. um, so really, I think that was kind of my first crash course to kind of working with students between ninth grade and actually sophomores in college to kind of help them grow like work experience mm -hmm. through MDOT and then also understand the plethora of resources they had at various colleges going on tours, but then also at the schools they were at. From there, man, I did a couple different things between financial sector, city government, transportation, longest, I'm not going to name mm -hmm. the companies I work for because that's old news. But right. from there, I got an opportunity to work at CareerQuest, and that was an interesting one because at the time, the job didn't exist, but I interviewed their HR, was impressed. So they called me back for a second interview with the career services department because I initially interviewed to be a financial aid specialist or admissions rep. But they called me back, sat down with the director of career services. The rest is history. I started and that's kind of how I got a crash course into higher education and working with students and finding a passion to help people figure out what direction they want to go. So you knew once you started working at CareerQuest that you wanted to pursue a career in higher ed or was that kind of like, I like it, but you have a degree in professional communication and then your associates in marketing. Yeah. So it seems like that might be like a little different in some ways, but in some ways it's not. But it just seems like you could be going into the business world with those skill sets. You know, we don't know what we don't know until we figure it out, right? So mm -hmm. to answer your question in two different ways, once I start working at CareerQuest and interacting with students and kind of the impact it was making with the community and people in the community and kind of helping change the trajectory of families, right? Their mm -hmm. children and the opportunities they got, I became passionate about it. And doing many other things, I kind of started to figure out early and identify what I liked and what I didn't mm -hmm. like. So that's why I say I was lucky enough to experiment and have those seven previous jobs and careers where it just was like, this isn't it. This doesn't fill my bucket. I'm not connected to it because either I'm selling a product or a service that I'm not really passionate about and it just didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Right. I think 
when I looked at my career, I knew I wanted to do something that I loved getting out of bed to go do. And I never just wanted to wait till five o'clock so I could get home. Mm -hmm. Right. I wanted to do something that allowed me to engage and interact and build relationships and just have a fun, passionate career. So, yeah, actually it did. Once once I got the opportunity, the light bulb kind of came on. Tell me about why you work at LCC. Like, what is it that keeps you coming to work and so passionate about it? Man, LCC means a lot to me because this is kind of, even though it isn't exactly where I figured it out, it's where I started to figure it out, right? I mean, I think I had so many individuals and mentors and instructors and staff that poured into me here, right? It, I wasn't just a student or I wasn't just a banner ID number. I was right. I was a person with potential from what they could see. And, you know, at that point in time, I guess I didn't really understand how much potential I had. It helped to being here. So I think that's one thing that always makes me feel so passionate about coming here to help other individuals coming mm -hmm. along figure that out. Just the impact that LCC offers and provides to the community and the bridges that are built here and the opportunities for individuals from all walks of life to connect and grow and figure it out along the way. I think you made some great points in regards to getting exposed to things and then having the opportunity to go out and experiment with all these different jobs, careers, or whatever. You got an idea that, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't want to do this. And I think that's so important. And it's nothing wrong with that. And that's not failure, right? Sometimes people feel like, oh, if I do multiple jobs, I hadn't found what I'm supposed to. But no, you're figuring it out. Yes, yeah, it's, it's lessons in that. And I think as long as you take away something that progresses you, it's growth, right? So I always took away something when I left those positions in Fonso. It wasn't just like I just left and didn't have nothing lined up. Right. But it was I knew based off of the feelings that I had and the work that I was doing that this wasn't filling my bucket. So luckily for me, because I had the degrees, right, in communications and marketing, they're very fluid degrees, so they translate and correlate with a lot of different industries. So I'm kind of fortunate that I did have that educational background to be able to receive those opportunities that I did. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing because I think nowadays, unless it's real technical career, people can train you mm -hmm. to do certain things. It's just certain skills that you need to have to be trainable. And that's a good point. I think working in career services and having those conversations with a lot of employers and HR representatives, most people are trained when they start a job. But those soft and hard skills that you display in an interview is the determining factor. Can this person actually succeed in this role? Mm -hmm. And fortunately for me, it kind of worked out that way. Yeah, because you are relatable. So... I think you work really well with students. Okay, since we're talking about what keeps you coming, what is what is your special contribution? Something you feel that you do very well that you think really makes a difference here at LCC? I think my willingness to collaborate across the board, cross-departmentally, right? I think one of the challenges that being in a 
nice size institution is that that cross departmental collaboration, mm -hmm. right? And I understand in order for me to do my job well and help the students get to where they want to go, I need people who specialize in other areas to be able to collaborate with to put those students in that position. For me, I think my ability to be a connector and have those conversations, such as many conversations I have with you mm -hmm. in, in your role, but also what you said before, the ability to listen, right? I think we pick up on so much more information and really get to the root of issues when we listen before we try to solve problems, right? I think right. a lot of times people are designed and focused on coming up with a solution. Sometimes you got to gather the information and hear it all out to make it make sense. So for me, I think my ability to listen and then relate to the students specifically here, because like I tell students all the time, I walked a similar pathway, right? Maybe we don't come from the same exact upbringing or same exact, you know, life experiences. But at the end of the day, I walk these halls, right? I'm from the same community as you. We kind of have seen some of the same resources. We've been to the same places. So kind of just letting them find in the commonalities with, with our students to be able to find inroads to help them get to where they want to go. I would agree. I think that collaboration with other departments definitely helps the student. It benefits them. You can cut through some red tape. Mm -hmm. You can find out answers that may be difficult for the student because they don't know how to articulate it. And so I do think that's a special skill. And I do think that you do that very well. You know how to engage with most people and get the information and the answers that you need. With all that, what was your first job? Was it working for the state or did you do something before that? My first job at 19, I worked at rallies. Never forget that. Oh. Never forget that experience. It was great, though. Like, I don't want to make it seem all bad, but mm. like, I, like I tell people all the time, right? You, you can tell when people never had a bad job. And I use that term lightly because it's an experience, right? A tough job, a job mm -hmm. where, you know, you're in customer service. There's issues that are out of your control or somebody's having a bad day. I, I took a lot from that experience, working a very non-conventional schedule, weekends, dealing with a ton of different age groups of employees and kind of just figuring it out. That was my first job. So I do appreciate that experience working in fast food. Yeah, because it helps you kind of navigate life. You got to deal with a lot of different type of people. You're going to have things that's not going to go your way. And how do you maneuver that? Mm -hmm. The environment that you're in in regards to like, what can you take? Standing on your feet all day, different stuff like that. Those are the type of experiences that help you make decisions. 100%. Right? My first job was at McDonald's on Cedar Street. No one's trying to not fast food workers because what I found out during the pandemic, I really need y'all the way life was without the support in those places. Yep. Yeah, I got a whole new respect. So, Dominique, we've talked about what life is like here at LCC. What's life like for you outside of Lansing Community College? Like, what does it look like? What do you like to do? What do you enjoy? Uh, I like new experiences, as I alluded to earlier. I like traveling. I like dining. I like food. I love food. So, so you a foodie? I'm a foodie, 100%. 
all the mom and pop spots in Lansing, across the state. Anytime I go out of town, I want to eat how a local eats. Okay. Right? So that's where you find the best food. I enjoy sports, being that I play sports. I love going to sporting events, concerts, comedy shows. But, you know, after the pandemic, I, I'm very much so a homebody now. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to, like, be real. I couldn't sit still. Now I think, looking, I don't want to say the other side of the pandemic because we're kind of still navigating through it. But I, I think it kind of shifted me into more of a homebody because mm-hmm. I got used to it. I still like to get out of my comfort zone and do things. But I think I'm much more comfortable being at home watching a documentary or watching one of my favorite series on TV and calling it good. Also, during the pandemic, right, picked up cooking, right? I said before I liked to grill, but I think one of the skills that I took away from the pandemic was I challenged myself to cook my favorite dishes, Mm -hmm. learn how to master them. And trust me, I bombed probably (laughs) on multiple attempts, but really just challenged myself to get in the kitchen and cook. Right, learn how to cook and cook a variety of different dishes. So that was kind of my biggest takeaway. So I say I I really enjoy cooking now too. Well, then I got a bone to pick with you because I feel like someone who enjoys cooking and we pretty much work in the same office where we run into each other in our kitchen. I have yet to get one of these meals. So I really feel like that's something that needs to be coming down the pipeline because I'd like to taste what you do well. And, you know, I could give you good quality feedback. So just keep that in mind. I would surely keep that in the front of my mind. Make sure it's in the front. Yeah, in the front, not okay. the back. The front. Not the I'm back. Sure I keep that in mind. The front. Let me ask you this and then I'll move on. Mm-hmm. What's your best meal that you cook? Best meal that I cook? To you. To me. That's a great question. They must all be good then. I mean, and I'm they're, missing they're, out. they're all, <laughs> I, I would say my three, really my favorite meals are fried chicken and steak. But I would say in some combination of mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, a vegetable. But on Thanksgiving, I think I made Cornish hens, mac and cheese, yams, okay. stuffing. We did it all like on our own and invited our family's over. So that was big. So that was probably the best meal I've ever Your cooked. Your mama and them came? Yep. Okay. So we did it up. And that was that was big because I was like, oh, oh, we never cooking Thanksgiving dinner and like inviting people over. We normally would go, mm-hmm. bring dish, whatever. But to cook it all for the first time, that was that was huge because it was like never thought that would happen. Yeah, and it takes a lot. It does. We did it up. But I would say probably those two things, like some variation of steak. I love steak, but my fried chicken's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. I never thought I'd be able to fry chicken. It just looked so hard. Yeah, because it is. Well, I mean, it is difficult in a way. You got to know temperature Yep. and then how you prep it as far as the coating. All that makes a difference in I, how you cook it. I had this conversation with my best friend because he's similar. We're, we're basically the same person. He got into cooking, too, and we always kind of like trade recipes. But I think the biggest thing that we've learned with cooking is controlling the heat, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's grilling or whether it's over the stove, making sure you master temperature and heat really makes the difference, right? So I I think that's the biggest thing. Okay, well, I'm glad that we've had this talk because 
I really learned something good about that. So, okay, yep, I got two more questions for you before we wrap it up. What life lessons have you learned the hard way? I don't know, there's so many. I'm the type of person that looks at everything as a learning experience. Mm-hmm. So I think you can you can take something away from everything. So for me, I think the hardest life experience I learned was it's okay to not have it figure it out as long as I'm trying to figure it out. Right. Going back to my bio when I left Eastern, I went to Alabama State. I had zero clue what I wanted to do. My principal kind of like planted to see like, oh, you should go. Mm-hmm. Like, this would be a great opportunity for you. You're getting out of Lansing, and you're doing this. And I kind of just went on a whim and I hated it, right? And I think hindsight 2020, if I would have went back for my sophomore year, I would have made it through and it'd been a different experience. Mm-hmm. But kind of being away from home for the first time, then also kind of really trying to figure out who I was as a young black man mm-hmm. at that point in time. And then being in Montgomery, Alabama, which I tell people all the time, Montgomery, Alabama is like the southern version of Lansing, Michigan. Like it's not a big city. Mm-hmm. It's like small. It's a very local town. And it was a unique experience. So coming back home and still kind of not having it figured out, but then kind of just making strides along the way and stepping out of my comfort zone and doing different things. I think that kind of has still stuck with me to this day. And some a message that I love giving to my students is it's perfectly fine not knowing what you want to do as long as you're actively engaged in the process to figure it out and coming up with a blueprint to get to where you want to go. So I think that's the probably the biggest life lesson I learned. Okay. That's a good one. You got some good insight out of that. Well, my last question is, what career advice would you give to your younger self? Take advantage of the opportunities that you're not comfortable with while you're in school, right? So going back to the experience of me being the president of the LCC AMA chapter, that was kind of a joke. I never really spoke on the backstory about it, but I remember I did something with membership. So basically help recruiting students to be a part of it. And I remember we were doing the officer elections for the next year and I built great relationships with everybody. And of course, Bill, I know Bill's not with the college anymore, but great mentor. Yep. Great Bill Motts. Who helped me figure it out. One of, one of my um, really, really great mentors here. But it was a joke in my mind. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll run. I'm not going to win. So he reading off the names, and then he said I was president. I said, it's a joke. <laughs> right. It, what? It's a joke. But that experience helped because it had me grow other skills, such as time management, public speaking, relationship building, and chapter planning and organization. There are so many different things I took away from that. But then also – just participating in internships, job shadowing, taking advantage of all that stuff because that makes a difference. The toughest year for me, really, when I first graduated was that six months after I graduated because ultimately I remember I was working at FedEx a little bit after that because I completed my degree, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't get a job because what was the not? I didn't have work experience. Mm. So, and that was one of the most challenging things. I always tell students, you know, make sure you do the little things while you're here, right? Or when you transfer to your four-year university, Mm -hmm. make sure you 
participating student organizations that allow you to get tangible work experiences or build skills that you can put on your resume Mm because that stuff matters. It does. When you're sitting in an interview and you're having a conversation about the things you did, the projects you worked on, the job shadowing opportunities, because ultimately, like we said before, I think the big thing is companies are willing to train you, right? They know you're not going to come in day one and completely know the job. There's always a learning curve and a gap. Mm-hmm. But what skills do you have to bring to that role to make you be successful? So I would say that's kind of the biggest thing that I would have told my younger self is take advantage of all those opportunities, wherever it is, whatever stage you're at, to grow those skill sets for your resume. And don't be scared to take on an opportunity that you're uncomfortable with because that's where you experience the most growth. Man, these mics didn't cost as much, I'd drop it. Because I feel like you gave some really good insight, and that's something that I tell students a lot, too. Do those things while you got an opportunity to make mistakes, and it's not costly. 100%. Go and be who you think you want to be. Experience it here, right? I think we got a ton of different opportunities to get involved with. I mean, even things in the community, too, right? It's not just this little bubble of LCC, but all things. I think sometimes... We get tunnel vision on, I'm starting this degree, I want to finish this degree, and then I'm just going to go into my dream job. I don't have a statistic for it, but there's probably less than 15 to 20% of people who graduate college and get their dream job mm-hmm. straight out the gate. Right. Right? So I think making sure you you do the little things with opportunities to build your way to that is the goal. Wherever that may be, however that may come, just be open and thoughtful about those opportunities to put yourself in a position of setting yourself up for the most success. I want to thank you, Dominic, for coming on Who's That Star today. I feel like you dropped a lot of good knowledge today, and I think that you can help some students or people in general. I look forward to us having a conversation again. Is there any parting words you'd like to say before we leave? Man, Thank you for having me. Been looking forward to it. I know I gave you a hard time about when I was going get, <laughs> to get, be able to get on the mic. Appreciate the invite. Appreciate the opportunity to sit down and kind of give a little bit more insight about me and my experience here and why I love this place. And as always, go Stars. That's right. We appreciate you listening to Who's That Star. Please listen to us the next time. You've been listening to Who's That Star. I'm Lisa A., and you can listen to this episode of Who's That Star and other shows from LCC Connect anytime online at lccconnect.org. Thank you for listening. Catch me next time to find out Who's That Star. Examining the issues and topics that affect our lives from the local level to the world stage. Listen to the programs of LCC Connect anytime at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Sunday, May 7th at Okemos Community Church, Lansing Community College Performing Arts presents a live performance by the LCC Concert Choir and the Vocal Jazz and Pop Ensemble. For more information, 
visit lcc.edu slash show info. LCC Connect is looking for Lansing Community College students to vibe with us. Join us for the podcast power-up contest. Students, your voice is important, so take this opportunity to tell us what's important to you with the chance to host a podcast radio show on 89.7 FM. We'll be taking power-up submissions through the end of summer. Catch the vibe and find the details at lcc.edu slash power-up. That's lcc.edu slash power-up. Are you or someone you know having thoughts of suicide or experiencing a mental health or substance use crisis? 988 connects you to compassionate and confidential support for free. 988 is the three-digit dialing code for the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. For years, the Lifeline, formerly known as the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, has answered tens of millions of calls and helped people overcome mental health-related distress. 988 is the same trusted resource. When you call, text, or chat 988, you will be quickly connected to trained crisis counselors who will listen to your concerns, provide support, and get you additional help if needed. There is hope. The Lifeline works. You are not alone in crisis. Just call, text, or chat 988. Michigan residents age 25 or older may qualify for Michigan ReConnect, a program providing free or reduced tuition to students who have not earned a prior college degree. ReConnect students are responsible for books and fees. Visit lcc.edu reconnect for more information. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Welcome to Community Convos, a podcast and radio program from LCC Connect with conversations about what's happening in Lansing and around mid-Michigan. Joining me on the uh, combo today is Emily Stevens. She is the manager of Leisure Services. Yes. <laughs> that is a lovely title. It is. And you were saying that you do not get a lot of leisure yourself, but you enjoy what you yes, do, right? I do. I very much enjoy it. But yeah, I'm trying to make sure everyone else is having a good leisure time. So usually my leisure time is spent doing that. So, <laughs> but that's okay. I knew what it was when I took it and I, I like doing it. So <laughs> manager of leisure services for the Lansing Parks and Rec. And of course, you're here today to chat a little bit about some of the things that you've got coming up with the summer. Yes, yes. Well, and our first thing is we have a lot of things coming up this summer and we also have a lot of need for staff to do these things this right. summer. Right, you so, need yeah. those peeps yes. in order to make it yeah. all happen, don't exactly. you? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So we have, because we we run summer camps, um, we will have two, one at the Schmidt Community Center and one at the Foster Community Center, where we need tons of counselors. We have head counselors that are over 18. We also hire 16 and 17 year olds to be assistant counselors, which is kind of a new thing. So that's fun to try and get them in early and get them trained. And, and so a lot of high school and uh, college folks, high school and college folks, although you don't have to be a high school and college folks, we have all, all ages doing it. And our camps run from 745 in the morning till six at night. And they are in high demand. We're enrolling for them right now. They do get full. So if you do have a child between the ages of five and 13, I'm calling get them signed up now. It is a really affordable camp for nine to three. It's only 
$40 a week. So if you compare that to other camps, we are very discounted. Um, other camps, I don't think you can find one under $100 a week these days. Because it's such a discounted, it is o- only open to our Lansing residents. Okay. But lots of fun. We do tons of different activities, keeping the kids busy, playing games, doing crafts. We do trips every week. Kids all get a t-shirt. Um, so it, it is a lot of fun. Every week is themed. We do something a little bit different. But yeah, lots of, lots of fun, lots of energy. It's a fun summer job. I will say... Everyone that I know that's come through and then moved on, it was one of their favorite jobs. They felt like they learned a lot. It does definitely grow you. I know a lot of people are like, no, just go, go through it and you'll be amazed at how much you grow as a person and how much you care about these children at the end of it, yeah. you know, wanting to follow up. And so it's, it's really... Is a really neat job. You get paid and you feel good about what you're doing. Certainly, so, yeah. <laughs> so we're definitely looking for people. Um, you can apply online at lansingmi.gov slash jobs. You know, we'd love to talk to you about it if you're interested in that. One thing we're, we're looking at, actually, we've started up, we were doing some basketball camps. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, a lot of our programming that we do is we contract the services. So if, if you have a specific skill like basketball coaching or soccer or anything, and you wanted to run a kind of clinic or camp for that, um, you can reach out to us and we can set that up as a contracted camp. And we would make sure to get the space for you. We would take all the registrations and things, and then we would work out kind of a, a split between the fees. And so okay. um, we love having people who have expert knowledge coming in and sharing that. And like I said, we have a couple basketball camps coming up and it's in partnership with the high school coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really fun to have them kind of connecting with the kids a little bit younger and encouraging them to keep up with the sport. So when they get to high school, they, right, can, right. they can join. And we also have baseball, softball and youth t-balls coming up. So if you really just feel like, I don't want to do a whole camp, but I love coaching. We always need volunteer coaches for those. And so that's something you can reach out to us as well and sign up. We have t-ball. So five years old up to 14 and under for baseball. And so we can use all the help we can get with volunteers and, and helping us out that way too. So, okay, very good. And you said it was lansingmi.gov and then do probably a search for Lansing Park and Rec. Yep. So, um, maybe slash parks, if you wanted to look at the activities, um, slash jobs, if you want to look at jobs. Yeah, very good. The reason I like say that is because I find the city of Lansing's website to be similar to Lansing Community College. It's well organized, but there's so much information that yes. it's just easier just to do a search yes. than to throw out the website out. Yeah, there that's sometimes. true. Yeah, yep. If you, yeah, that is, there's a lot of information. It's, it, I think sometimes when I start to talk to people about all the things the city does, I think everyone's really surprised. It, it's an abundance of information, but yes, yeah, search it up, walk into one of the community centers and we'll help you. And we'd love to talk to you about it. So yeah. awesome. And uh, as we get towards summer, of course, you've got the whole say hello to summer yes. happening. Yes, we, um, so June 2nd, is our second annual Say Hello to Summer event, kind of a big celebration at Rotary Park from five to nine. And really it's a celebration kind of opening up Art Path, which we're really excited for. We're getting the artists out on the trail to um, install some art uh, along the downtown stretch there. And so that's kind of our big celebration. A lot of the artists are there. Are you working with the uh, Lansing Art Gallery? Yes, yep, yep. yep. So yeah, Katrina from the Art Gallery and myself six years ago were like, hey, I have a bunch of blank walls. And she's like, I know artists. I'm like, let's do something about that. So um, (laughs) let's put two and two together. Yeah. And and I, it's amazing how it's grown and um, they are awesome. And so, yeah, we're working with them and, and yeah, so this party will be with them. Um, we also, it's also kind of a kickoff to our concert series. So, mm-hmm. um, so we'll have 
schedules there. We're going to have some musicians there. We're also I'm working on getting a bunch of different kind of carnival-like feel things. So caricatures and balloon artists and stilt walkers and just kind of wow, make it a big sounds party. sounds like a lot of fun. Yes, yeah. And, we, and, and wanna, a great thing to bring the kids to. Yes, great thing to bring the kids to. We also just connected with Lansing Shuffle. So they're going to get involved with it too and make sure that, that there's like quick bites you can eat so you can run in and grab some food and go enjoy. So um, we're really trying to get a lot of partners in there and I'm real excited for it. So we're, we're going to have a lot of fun and come and enjoy and check it all out. So. Very cool. How about yeah. the, uh, the and this is always a fun thing, the Mayor's Riverwalk. That's coming up, isn't it? It is. Yep. Mayor's Riverwalk is June 10th. We added a run component to it with Mayor Shore. Uh, he's a runner and so is his wife. Mm-hmm. I think more his wife. <laughs> we, always, we always wonder. I think she beats him most times. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we added that race component. So the walk is free. If you do want to compete in the race, you know, race against the mayor, you can uh, you can do that. And it's, it's a $20 fee mm-hmm. um, and it's a timed race. So you get that and you also get some cool racing socks if you do the race part of it. So that's fun. We run from Potter Park to the Turner Dodge House. Okay. And then um, Dean Transportation is nice enough. They provide us bus them back. So you don't have to do the 5K back to your After getting yourself all exactly, tired out. Exactly. But yeah, everybody gets a t-shirt. Everybody gets a medal. We have uh, little fun activities along the way to entertain the children as we go. Because we, you know, my children, we pulled them through it many a time they're older now but i know what it's like to take a five-year-old on a 5k so oh, we, certainly yeah. so, so we're trying we try to make sure there's some activities some inflatables and things um and then there's snacks at the end and you can tour the house and all that so it's it's really it's a fun event it's it's tradition that hollister started it years and years and years ago we even did it during the covid shutdown we did a virtual one so yeah i saw that and it sounds like you're you're still continuing the virtual aspect yeah. why and how we were real surprised. There are a lot of people actually that don't live in the area anymore mm-hmm. that are still interested in, in supporting the event or, or being part of it. I'll mail a packet like to Washington. Okay. Um, so so that we have some <laughs> Lansing lovers that don't live here anymore, but still want to be a part of it. So they'll sign up. It gives people the opportunity if they can't make that actual event, they can still feel a part of it and they can still, you know, get their shirt and things like that. Because it is, for a lot of people, it's tradition. I know there's some people out there that have a shirt from every single one. And so we want to make sure that there's always a way for them to participate if they just happen to have something else going on that day. Okay. Okay. And with that entry for you, what's that utilized for? It's supporting um, the Mid-Michigan Running Foundation who do the timing and they set it all up and all of their supplies. So that's really supporting there. We also have on there the option to donate those donations would go to the Friends of Lansing Regional Trail Group that work to maintain our okay. awesome river All worthy system. reasons and, yeah. and, and objectives there. Yes. <laughs> um, out of curiosity, out of, you know, of course, the, the hiring process, that's, that's yep. a whole separate thing. But any of the events that we've talked about, do they require any RSVP or pre-registration, anything yep. like that? Yep. So um, so the Mayor's Riverwalk does, um, and that's it's all on uh, the run sign up. Um, if you go there and search Mayor's Riverwalk, you can find it there. There are links also, like we have it on Facebook and things like that if you need to find it. But that one does, um, we do ask people to pre-register for that. It helps us with our t-shirts and things like that and making sure everyone gets the right sizes. The say hello to summer, we just want you to show up and have fun. No registration necessary. Camps, baseball, all of that, you do need to register for. You can register online. Um, you actually get a $5 discount with everything you do with registering online. So it's a good way to go. If you struggle with that, you can always call or come in and we can help you do that. All of those things will take a registration. But yeah, say hello to summer. Just come and enjoy. <laughs> very good. Very good. 
All right, LansingMI.gov is the place to go. And is there anything else you wanted to add before we uh, depart? I don't think so. Just come work for us. Come play with us. <laughs> <laughs> we, they're, they're definitely in need of some assistance. So uh, again, check it out if you're looking for a summertime gig. Mm-hmm. Once again, Emily Stevens, Manager of Leisure, Leisure. Services. <laughs> <laughs> Hope to have you in again because I know you guys got plenty of other stuff uh, yep. coming up. So we're going to have you in again to talk about those things a little bit later on. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks for coming in. Yep. You've been listening to Community Combos, a program from LCC Connect with conversations about what's happening in our community. To listen to this episode on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org or find us on your favorite podcast platform. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on Community Combos, email us lcc-connect at lcc.edu. And thanks for joining the combo. This is WLNZ Lansing. You're listening to LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. To find out more about LCC Connect programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision.